On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we'll be breaking down, uh, again, breaking down what was an absolute disaster of a game on Monday night, and also talking about the biggest game of the season for the Patriots, the most important game of the season, a do-or-die situation in New Jersey on Sunday afternoon. But first, we're going to be starting next week with a new intro song. We have a brand new intro song with help from uh, a fellow teacher of mine who has a fantastic voice. Uh, credit to Matt for for finding the auto, audio. And then we got a little voiceover work for us. So we're going to start every show with it uh, from now on. But I figured I'd give you an intro and just warn you before it comes. But uh, here we go. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. We're up in the production value here week over week, Pat. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So that's a good one. Shout out to Mr. Jakes for that one. Mr. Stephen Jakes, appreciate you. Um, came out good. It came out good. Came out much better than the Patriots game on fr- on Monday night did. That was a freaking disaster. There's a million things we're going to talk about about that game. Um, but before we get into it, Matt, I... <laughs> Listen, before I get into all my ranting, because you know it's coming, <laughs> before I get into all my ranting, you were mentioning before, you know, off air that you kind of see and understand why Belichick made the decision he made. And so since nobody really has talked about that, because that is not the conversation that anyone's having right now, since no one's really talked about that, why don't you kind of bring that up now? We'll start with that, because I think that that's kind of an important thing to talk about. Yeah, this is one of those, I feel like, in, in my spare time since Monday night, I've been going through the film, and also I was just reading all the comments, reading what everybody has to say about this, and all the reports, trying to put the puzzle pieces together, and the best I can figure it out is that Mac got medically cleared to play last week, and can do everything, he's just in pain doing it, so he convinced Bill to say, hey, we're gonna, we're, you're, we're gonna play, but they knew that there was going to be some kind of rotation because Mac is not at completely full strength yet. And they wanted to make sure it's, I guess, kind of treating it like a pitcher. Like he's going to go out there and once he's tired, we're going to put the next guy in, except you can rotate. And the quarterbacks knew this. My guess is that the coaches kind of thought this is, not that big of a deal. The offense has been practicing with both of these guys all season long. It's not going to matter which one of them is back there to them because they still got to do their job. So we're not really going to pass it along. And that was the game plan going into it was we're going to let Mac play as much as he can. And when he can't play, Zappy's going to go in and handle everything. And, and we think Zappy can win us the game, but Mac is better, gives us a better chance to win. So we're going to put him out there as much as possible. Then second drive. You've got Mac taking a sack on a play that ended up not counting. There were offsetting penalties on it, but he kind of goes down a little bit awkwardly. And it seemed like he had the corner on the defensive lineman and just goes down anyway. You got Zappy after that with his helmet on on the sideline. He looks like he's ready to come in. They don't have him come in yet. Third drive is the one that ends in the pick, but the throw before the pick, I tweeted out a video of it earlier. 
You can see on the throw, Mac looks very uncomfortable on that front foot. He's wincing a little bit. And my feeling looking at all this was that Mac was sore and they were probably going to pull him after that third drive anyway. It just so happened that there was a pick which kind of made the decision look the way it did. And they were going to let Zampi play and Zampi was all came out and played well. So you're not going to pull him at that point. You're going to let him start the second half. And then the way things went, the Bears scored a field goal before the half, and a field goal on the first drive. Pats go three and out with Zappi. Another field goal. Pats go three and out again. So Zappi gets two drives, six plays total in the second half. And then the Bears score a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the game is entirely out of reach. And there is no reason to put an injured quarterback back in the game. If the game is right. close, you're willing to risk it because you need the win. But at that point, there's no reason to do it. So with Mac being named the starter now for next week, I think that pretty much clears up that at least to the coaches right now in this moment, there isn't a QB controversy. You're not rushing Mac back to play in this game and letting him play not at full strength unless you think he's the better guy. They're trying to win football games here. Like you're not, you're not putting him out there unless you think he's better. And there are issues with Mac Jones's game right now. He's there's a lot to work out there. He's far, far from a polished product, but I don't think we should look at, in 11 drop back sample size and decide that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And they're going to Zappy here. I think it's more complicated than that. And Bill is never going to be the one to comment on this stuff a lot. And that is even more so the case when there's an injury in the mix. Right. You don't well, know what the way players' bodies are going to respond. He's always deferred to the medical guys on that first, and then he makes a decision. So I don't think he wants to get in the middle of anything. He's going to defer. It comes off a little weird. He could have handled it better. But this isn't as insane as it looked Monday night when we were all watching the game. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was—I just thought it was a terrible idea to start him. I just thought it was a bad idea to start him, primarily because of what you said, right? You, we knew he was going to be in pain. We knew it. Y- any sane person would know that he was going to be in pain no matter what. And sure, it's a pain tolerance thing. Fine, but you know. Uh, a, a high ankle sprain is four to six weeks. It had been exactly four weeks. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, that's not true. It had been four weeks and a day since he had since he had suffered the high ankle sprain. There was no reason to rush him out when you have the most important game of the season coming up on Sunday, and now Mac Jones has a short week to deal with that. Yep. Now, maybe you said, okay, well, we're going to get you out there and get your feet wet a little bit, and we'll get why why it doesn't it doesn't benefit anything right now maybe you say oh maybe he's magically fine maybe he looks great in the first three drives and we're up 21 to nothing and and it doesn't matter but it's just like it it was it to me that was stupid it was stupid to put him out there on monday night when you knew you were going to pull him and the the crowd like this is where sometimes you got to have a little bit of um awareness of the situation you know the Boston fan base is crazy and stupid, and we're going to get to the fans. Don't you worry. We're going to get to the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you know, you have to understand that they're dumb. They want Bailey Zappi. They're already full. They're already finished with Mac Jones, and they want Bailey Zappi, which is incredibly stupid. But that that's what they wanted. He had played great for two games, yeah. and they were like, "This is our guy. We you know we want this. He's the next guy." You have to understand that situation and realize that Mac's probably not going to be able. To, be able to play the whole game. Even if he plays well, he's probably not going to be able to play the whole game. What are we doing setting him out there? We're just, we're yeah. setting him up for failure. And I know he yeah. wants to be out there, but it's 
It's now it's the coach's responsibility to step back and say, okay, we know you want to be out there. You're medically cleared. You're still not playing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't automatically object to the idea of saying, Hey, we think this guy gives us a much better chance to win this game. So even if we can only get him for half the possessions, let's use him for that. I at least see the reasoning, but right. if you're going to do that, I think you have to set expectations internally. You have to let people know in advance, Hey, this is the plan. Mac is the guy for this game, but there's going to be some plays here where he's not going to be able to do it. And we're going to have Zappy in there. Right. And he might be tired. He might be hurt, whatever it is. Um, and I'm not like it's it's tough with the fan part of things because you can't let the fans dictate what you're doing on the field, but right. also the players are people with emotions and you gotta protect them. And if you go back, this is the the Bill Belichick origin story back in Cleveland in the 90s. This is where he got into issues because he did what he thought was best with the quarterback position, and the fans did not understand it. Right. And Bill was actually, I mean, you look back, he was right, but. <laughs> that's not the way it came across. And this is his style of management works very well when you're winning and it doesn't come across as well when things aren't going well. Um, right. I think is a little bit of a double standard from the fan perspective. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's the way the world works. It happens and everything. It's just kind of how people react to stuff. Right. So I'm glad that they named a starter for this game in advance. I think that helps. And I think it maybe it was naive, but my guess is from the coach's perspective, it was we Mac is was the starter all season long, started this season, was a first round pick last year, won accolades, he's a team captain. Right. Nobody internally is gonna is gonna doubt this. That's probably their expectation. But Right. But again, I I just I don't know. I, I just think if you if you're walking into a game now listen, it's a very different situation. If Mac Jones is a, is a wide receiver, and we're saying, "Hey, he it's limited snaps, like he can't go 100." percent But like Amon Ross St. Brown's a great example. You know, last week when they played Detroit, they knew Amon Ross couldn't play every snap, but they're like, "Hey, let's get him out there. You know, we'll play 10, 15 snaps. We'll just get him out there, and then if he breaks one, great, because he's he's the best player we have on offense. So like, let's just see what happens. You know, they didn't do that with Mac Jones." Right. They didn't say that you can't necessarily do that with the starting quarterback. Right. It's it's not the place to do it, you know. And and like you said, Jacoby Myers didn't know. Trent Brown didn't know. Ramondre Stevenson didn't know. None of these guys knew that the plan was to go to Bailey Zappi after Mac Jones, you know, that Mac wasn't going to play the whole game and that Mac was going to come out at some point. That that report only came out like minutes before kickoff when Sheffer tweeted it out. Right. Um, yeah, and I think I think Jeff Howe had a good piece. I think Jeff Howe has covered this entire saga incredibly well for anybody that subscribed to The Athletic. His writing yeah. alone is worth the price. He does, he's right. covered this very, sure. very well. Um, the way Schefter handled it was I thought was really interesting too. He basically dropped like minutes before kickoff on ESPN, like, hey, both of these guys are playing tonight after the whole lead up to everything. And it looked like, all right, Mac is going to be the guy, which it was. I, I, Schefter has good sources, but he also, I think, is not ESPN's best reporter for stuff in New England. Right. So when that came out, I was kind of questioning it. But you, you watch, and it's it's also funny that we're talking about Mac and the health of his ankle. He was the leading t- rusher for the team. And I know. Yeah. It's he it's, can do but, everything. He just right he was in pain. Uh, and you wonder, like, 
I almost wonder. So Garrett Gilbert doesn't get pulled up for the game. Mm-hmm. And he, he, the deadline to do that was Saturday, right? So you had to pull Garrett Gilbert up on Saturday or no Sunday, right? The day before the game. Is it the day before the game? Yeah, I think it's four o'clock the day before the game. Something okay. Like that. So it four might o'clock. be later with a prime time, but something, yeah. maybe, but either way, right? Saturday comes and goes. Garrett, Garrett Gilbert doesn't get pulled up. So you say, okay, fine. Now maybe Mac, I don't know, took a step back, right? On Monday morning, woke up, ankle didn't feel great Monday morning, and they're like, oh, crap. Now he's in in getting treatment, trying to make it feel better, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then, like, now they're leading up to the game. They're like, oh, crap, he's not going to be able to make it the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to put out – we're going to have to put something out that says, yeah, no, Zappi's going to have to play at some point. But, again, it's just it's just the timing for me. It's just the timing. Like, it was just like – it the looks so bad. It's weirder than it needed to be, which I right. think is kind of the issue here. But I think it then it comes back to my original point where like even if it was a situation where Mac took a step back on Monday, well, if he was close enough where he could take a step back and only be able to last a few series, he shouldn't have been on the field in the first place. Like he just yeah. shouldn't have been, you know? Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing at the end of the day is you. Ha- I think I understand Bill's aversion to this, but you have to have some kind of a plan and a structure going into this. I understand you have to be able to adjust on the fly and versatility, and you shouldn't just be locked into things for the sake of being locked into them. That's kind of the antithesis of the Bill Belichick experience. Right. But higher, like leadership and hierarchy on the field kind of matters, especially at the quarterback position. And, And I, hopefully we look back on this as one weird game in the season and not, something we're going to find out because yeah. I, th- I think the other aspect of this is and they named the starting quarterback for this week, but they haven't said Mac is the guy for the year or anything like that, which also may feel like he doesn't need to say that. I mean, but, maybe, but when cam was playing so horrendously bad, he said it over and over and over and over and over again when people I, kept asking about Stidham, right? And he just kept saying, cam's the guy, cam's our guy, cam's the guy, cam's our guy, which, cam's our quarterback. Which, like, and I think a big part of that too is that uh, Zappy is already better than anything we saw from Stidham. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which that that changes the decision. It was one of those where it didn't really matter how Cam played. Stidham wasn't giving you showing you anything that showed he could be better. Like that's yeah. if he's in practice, there's nothing. That's probably a little bit different here. Although Zappy did not look good. Not like neither one of these guys looked good. No. There were. Zappy basically had two, three plays when everybody was juiced up and the building was rocking. Like that's and, not. And everyone was wide much. open. I mean, he, he made he two he, nice. He made two nice throws. He made a really yeah. nice throw down the left sideline to Devontae Parker, and he also made a really nice throw on a slant route to Devontae Parker in traffic. Uh, yep. I think that was was that in the second quarter still. I think it was before the Myers fumble. Right? Was it yep. right before the Myers fumble? So Something. that was a nice throw. He made two nice throws. The Ramondre one, I could have made that throw, you know, and, and the Jacoby and, and Myers the, throw was a bad throw. It was a bad throw, right? Right, it was a bad throw, and so yeah. you know, but Myers was so wide open that he was able to dive, get up, and then still score the touchdown. So it was like, you know, you, you think about how wide open the guy was. I mean, that's yeah. it's and that think, type of stuff, you know. Yeah, and think about how differently this entire discussion looks if Devontae Parker high points that ball for a touchdown on the first drive of the season. Yep. And 
that throw from Zappy to Parker in the the Cleveland game early on isn't is one that Parker doesn't come down with or that gets picked or anything. Right. That was third down. So yeah, you, you force a punt or whatever. Like Parker has made a couple really good catches this season, and the one time he didn't come out come down with it on a jump ball happened to be when Mac was playing. Happened to be in a bad situation and happened to be a missed call and half all of this stuff. Right. It's like football situational right. and. Uh, that's all three of those plays, the, the play, the catch he made on Monday and the catch he made against the Browns and the catch he didn't make against Miami were all incredibly similar plays. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Like, oh, you know, people say, oh, it was back shoulder. It was underthrown. The one last night was back shoulder and under the Monday night was was underthrown. And he had to jump over the guy to go get it. Like he just he went up and got it. Unlike in Miami where he didn't. And part of the reason he didn't is because he was getting interfered with. Right. And so it's like. Yeah. You know, that's it's just it is what it is, right? And and unfortunately, football is a results based game yeah. from pretty much everybody. It's a results based game. So if the pass is complete, it was a good play. If the pass is incomplete, it was a bad play. And yeah. it's very black and white for a lot of people. Now, listen, we try to look past that, right? A lot of analytics try to look past that, but to the common fan and to you know the common person watching. It's a results-based result. league, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. I know, I know you want to talk about the fans. I just want to yeah say, say one more kind of thing here before we get to it. It might sound crazy, but the first half of this game was not that different from what happened in the Lions game. Yeah, it just true. the plays didn't bounce through. I mean, you think about it. Uh, the, the Bears on one possession had a ball batted at the line by Anthony Jennings on a screen, which he's not going to pick that. But if he somehow manages to and makes a crazy play, that's a touchdown for the Patriots. Yep. They fumbled uh, on a play. Oh, sorry, though. That was the possession beforehand. The Bears the, fumbled yeah, five sorry. times. Yeah. So the first, sorry, the first possession of the game for the Bears, they fumbled it. Patriots couldn't get on it. And they kicked mm-hmm. the field goal. And Jack Jones came about this far away from blocking the kick. Yeah, which is exactly what happened in Miami. They go down, they force a strip sack. Miami lands on the ball, kicks a field goal. Cody Davis almost blocked it, and they're up three nothing. Same exact thing. The second possession yep. got a pass batted down. I saw you retweet the Marcus Jones play where he has some really good recovery speed to break it yep. up. He got both hands on that. That could have been a pick. Right. And the next play, they forced a Justin Fields fumble, and it goes out of bounds on the third down sack. And it's yep. like any of those plays goes differently. We're talking about this a little bit differently. Any right. one of those the couple offensive penalties in the first two possessions that really, really hurt them from Trent Brown, if one of those doesn't happen, then we might be talking about the entirety of this game differently. And then that Bears game, the Bears drive when they drove down, scored the touchdown and made it 10 nothing. There was a couple holding calls that I think it was holding to the same level of things that were called at other points of the game one was particularly egregious on Lawrence guy where he got like dragged away from the play by his shoulders yeah and it's just like it's if you're complaining about the refs you're losing like I'm not I'm never gonna blame the well, refs of course for the right but the, the Patriots team right now is not good enough to overcome a bunch of 50 50 plays not going their way they are as correct. good as the outcome of those close plays yeah and there was a there was a play with fields too I I, I still am in shock that they missed it but Fields is running towards the sideline, and I, I don't know if it was Marcus Jones. I think it was Marcus Jones that was over there trying to stop him from getting a first down. And not only was getting held, the 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 receiver was grasping his face mask as he was blocking him and holding him. 
And it was like, the ref is standing right there. How could you possibly miss that? You're looking at the sideline and he's standing right there. It was crazy. And so, but again, like you say, you know, I mean, this game has nothing to do with the refs, but the Patriots aren't good enough to overcome those 50-50. I mean, you say it perfectly. Like They're not good enough. They're not good enough. They were good enough to do that before. They're not anymore. Like, if yep. they're turning the ball over, they lose. If they're forcing turnovers, they win. That's what happens. That's the way it yep. goes on yep. this team right now, you know? Yep. And even, yeah. like, the Trent Brown, the Trent Brown holding play on the first drive was a five-yard offside. no big deal. On the second drive, that's a second down play, and it was defensive holding. That's an automatic first down. So now you have another first down to deal with, and you've moved it a little bit further. So that's and the type of stuff where it's start like, you can't... moved to third and five back right. to a third and ten. They called a run there instead, right? Which uh, I don't know if you want to get into the fan stuff before we talk about the offensive line here. Yeah, but so the offensive line is a concern. <laughs> yeah, so the fan stuff for me, I, I'm wearing. I, I wore this shirt intentionally. It says the North remembers. Okay, the North, the North remembers, and partly because. You know, uh, Game of Thrones, not really Game of Thrones, but House of Dragons ended on, on Sunday. Um, but also because Mac Jones will remember, and I will freaking remember, okay? That was absolutely disgusting. That is one of the, that is the, might be the only time in my life that I've been embarrassed to be a Patriots fan. I was, I was actually embarrassed to be at the stadium on, on Monday night. It was embarrassing. It was, it was a shame. It was sickening. It made me sick. Like, to hear those people, the Patriots go three and out on the first drive. Mac Jones goes one for one with a, with a pass to Ramondre Stevenson that w- was a, 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 a what's it called a, a screen pass screen. that goes for for negative one or something like that. Mac Jones goes one for one on the first drive, and they get booed off the field after a three and out. You're booing Mac Jones after a three and out the first drive of the game. Now this is a guy who and, and you know. Remember back to the to the to the uh, uh, Baltimore game, right? In that two point conversion that didn't happen, but Damian Harris has the ball. He pitches it back to Mac. Mac dives into the end zone through two defenders. Like that was an amazing play by Mac Jones. That's the type of guy he is. He pushed his way back. He had a high ankle sprain and missed zero weeks of practice. He was at practice every single week since his high ankle sprain. You don't see that happen. And so now after he makes the, after they make the playoffs with him last year and he played, he hasn't played well this year. That's fine. But like, then you're going to boom after three freaking plays. Like, what the hell's wrong? Then the second drive happens. Again, they miss a few more plays, more penalties on the offensive line. Now you're chanting zappy when he comes off the field. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Now you're two drives in, and not only are you booing them, you're chanting for the backup quarterback. The level of disgust, it was it was horrifying. Then, of course, he throws the pick, which was a, a bad throw. It, there's no way around it. It was a bad throw. 100%. You won't catch any argument from me. But then you're booing him like crazy again. Then the crowd goes nuts when Zappy goes in. Well, guess what? You got what you freaking wanted because Bailey Zappi sucked in the second half. He sucked in the second half. You saw what Bailey Zappi really was when the plays weren't working. When guys weren't wide open, Bailey Zappi couldn't make a throw to save his life. When you aren't playing a defense that's one of the two worst in the NFL. Yep. And, Zappi, like, and I really, really like Bailey Zappi. He's a great guy. He's yes. already better than we could have expected him to be that's as correct. a mid-round pick. 
Yep. Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for that guy as loud as I've cheered for anybody. Cause he seems like a great guy, a fun player, teammates love him. Right. But this isn't like, this isn't a TV show where you're, you're picking between which side you want to win. You're rooting for your favorite character. Like these are human people out there trying to do a job and trying their best. I get, That's I get cool. booing your own team. You can do it when it's obviously poor effort or when things aren't working and it's veterans and it's leaders and all that and expectations are high. It's exactly what he's, it's a guy who's trying his hardest playing through a freaking ankle injury, right. trying to help this team and getting no help from his offensive line through the first three series. Like that's come on now. It's it ridiculous. Was, it was sickening. And I and was, it is embarrassing. I tweeted out at the moment. I tweeted out, you know, anyone that's chanting Zappy needs to leave like immediately. And I think I said, take my house, Brian, with you. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, but I'm like, right. And then, of course, Zappy leads him down the field, scores two touchdowns. And then everyone's like, oh, Pat, oh, see what's happening. And, and then they have like 130 yards of offense on the next like six drives. And Zappy turns the ball over three times. And it's just like, you know, this is what you're going to get from Bailey Zappy if everything isn't perfect. Yes. Great. They let it down. And, and it. After that second drive, man, I'm like, maybe he's just a wizard. Like, maybe they just play better with him. I, I don't know. Like, I have no explanation for it. Why is Ramondre wide open in the flat? Why is Jacoby Myers the only person past the 25-yard line? Like, what the hell's going on? Then Miles Bryant gets a freaking interception. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. he, you know, like, what the hell's going on? It was just like, it was just like one of those like karma things where you're like, that's weird. And then everything came back to earth and they scored, you know, 23 unanswered points and the Patriots couldn't move the ball or pick up a first down or not turn the ball over. And it was just like, my goodness, you know, and he would have thrown a pick six. If, if it wasn't Tyquan Thornton that he was throwing to, it would have been a pick six because yeah. Thornton got up and tackled the guy. Right. And it's just, it was just one of those things for me. Like these fans are the same fans that have been cheering for Mac. They're the same fans. They just, and I get it. I understand. I, I, I understand that like, you know, it's the new shiny toy and around here. Anytime we see a backup go in, we're like, Oh, he's the next Brady. He's the next Tom Brady. Look at this. Mac Jones did it last year to Cam Newton. He's the next Tom Brady. He came in. He's the backup. He, he's going to be amazing. Bailey Zappi does the same thing. It's not how it works. People. No. It's not, it's and not can, how it can, works. And you can play with the shiny new toy without tossing the old one into the trash can. You're allowed right. to have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is correct. And, and it's yeah, just like it's... I was as mad as I was at Belichick and I was furious at Belichick for what he did. I thought it was I yeah. thought he left Mac out to dry. I thought it he did like Mac that. real dirty. I thought he really did him dirty. Uh, and I thought based on based on some of the um, comments from the players after the game, they felt the same way, too. Um, and so Kobe Myers in particular, I think Jacoby Myers, absolutely in particular. And of course he kind of clarified that and said, well, I was really more the fans, but like when he said it, he wasn't talking about the fans when he said, when he said how Matt got treated. So, um, you know, I was pissed at Belichick, but I just, the fan base was just like, what are you doing? Right. And, yeah. and I, we're going to get into Mac Jones. And I think, I think it's a good time to talk about Mac Jones, but be better, please be better. Right. And, and this is part of the issue that I have with, with, Belichick now making that decision. If Mac Jones plays poorly on Sunday against the Jets and they lose, what the hell is going to happen on Sunday uh, against yeah, the Colts? Against the, yeah, I mean the the fans are gonna the fans are gonna be out for blood. Yeah, right. And that and that is not 
not fair to anybody involved no. in this situation. No. The, the ideal here is Matt goes and plays well on Sunday. Everybody realizes that he makes a couple big time throws in there. People realize, all right, well, I don't know if he's the franchise guy, but he's better than the other guy. This is right. this is our guy right now. You give him a nice round of applause to start the game, and we all move on and pretend that this never happened. Um, because that that's the best case here. Because right. other otherwise, what basically just happened is your Mac Jones just walked in and watched his girlfriend cheat on him. Like right, and I, like I that's think, that's how this is gonna feel. Right, but, and my my thought. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just I was gonna say props. It seems like in the couple of days since people have in the locker room and around the team have kind of rallied and bounced back pretty well, and they're mentally tough in that room. I will. Yes. If Bill Belichick's estimation of this is that I know that I can make these decisions and ignore what's going on with the crowd because I know my players can handle it. If that was his thought process, based on what we've seen so far, it seems like he evaluated them right, and I will give him props for that aspect. They do seem to be a mentally tough group in that respect. And you're not wrong. I just think, you know, you're risking kind of this unwarranted stuff that's going on. And I had thought at the time that you ruined his career, that his career in New England was essentially over. You can't bench him in the middle of the game like that. You can't without any sort of, you know, explanation. And I know, oh, you know, it was part of the plan. What? What are you talking? And then after the game, like to not hear that same stuff, I I just – a story needs to come out this week written by Mike Reese or Jeff Howe or one of those guys that's really keyed in. Mm-hmm. Saying exactly what you said at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Mac was really hurting. He took a turn for the worse on Monday morning. They they had already they lost yeah. their ability to to activate Gilbert. They ha- they were forced to start Mac, but then they knew on Monday that they were gonna have to play Zappy because Mac couldn't make it through the game. And it just so happened that it ended up being the third drive of the game and it looked awful, but it was like, it was an injury thing. He had to come out because he couldn't play any longer, right? A story like that has to come out this week because if it doesn't, the fans are just sitting there looking at it saying, well, they pulled Mac because he sucked. And then Zappy went and he sucked. And so now Mac's the quarterback again. Like it just like, that's, that's not enough, you know? And uh, and the other, the other way can come out is talking about how he's a tough kid and he battled and they thought he could handle it, which I think we've also to an extent already seen. I think we saw Andrew Callahan talking about that and a couple other guys, which is, I mean, it's what you want in a franchise quarterback. You want a guy who's going to bounce back and battle through stuff. So I'll give him props there. I will say, if we want to talk about what was going on around him, uh, his teammates did not make it easy for Mac Jones. I, I just, yeah. I was going through the the play by play, and I watched all the Max dropbacks again, just trying to get a feel for it. And it's just first and ten, run for a no gain. So that turns into second and ten. Right. Mac misses a throw there, overthrows it a little bit. I know one of the announcers or the analysis guys was actually talking about how that was on Taekwon Thornton for that being play. In the wrong spot. That play didn't count. It didn't end up counting. But but, but he did right. miss the throw. Yes. Um. But it's like all right, you miss your first throw back, whatever. Next play is a screen pass that gets entirely blown up. And now all of a sudden you're in third and 11, which Max just takes off and scrambles. And there wasn't a lot going on there. I, right. Not it's third and 11. It's, there's not a lot you're usually going to be able to do on that unless you have defenders blowing coverages, which I know we're going to talk about the defense later in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get to the, the second possession and you pick up yards on a first down, second down. You have that holding penalty on Trent Brown. So that washes out a defensive holding. 
Yep. And then you have on second down. Yep. Second down, you have a nice play action drawn up for Mac. Nobody open. He has to dump it off to Damian Harris for two yards, but you're in third and manageable, third and five. And then a false start forces you back into third and 10, and you have to run. So you were kind of talking about that, but Mac really has not done anything wrong through this stretch. And because of everything going on around him, you're already two possessions in. You've essentially only had six real plays, and you're down 10 nothing before you see the ball again. And then they had, by number of plays, the longest drive that they had all day. Mac misses that that throw to Tyquan Thornton because Trent Brown can't hold a block for save his life. He's got a guy in his lap. Yeah, and he should probably hit that throw. Um, I'll also note one of the, I forget who was another analysis guy was talking about how we thought Tyquan got held on that route and got slowed up. He did Jacoby Myers did. came over asking for a flag? So tough there. But you get yourself to third and five after a run. He scrambles. Another great play. Then another run. You pick up some yards. He hits Hunter Henry with that throw, which was amazing. That was real nice easy. play. Really, really nice play. That is not the play we've seen Bailey Zappi make at any point through this. Right. That was a that was actually a really good throw on a, a nice little pattern there. And then another scramble, which that was the only play where Max scrambled where I had a little bit of an issue with it. On the second and nine, I thought he had a guy open. He could have taken a shot. But you get to third and one. You're not really going to complain about that. Right. They pick it up, which I thought was actually, I don't think they got that. I think they got a favorable spot on that one. It was close, but but yeah. Yeah. You take it. And then the first and 10 is that play I was talking about where Mac looked injured. And it's a dump off to Damian Harris. Damian Harris drops it it should be second and five instead it's second and ten and, and then so the pick. and and that play i want to talk about that play because people are talking about how he missed Devonte park on the left hand on the left sideline and you're yeah. right that he did initially but the thing is is that he looks open he's not open first of all it's not there's, his first read and second of all quarterbacks that can make that throw right and, and the part the thing is that that safety is coming over the top if he throws it up there for parker it's getting picked off. It's getting picked off. So you don't make that throw unless you see it immediately and you can get it in there right over the corner as soon as he passes the corner before that safety comes in. If it's not your first read, you can't make that throw, right? Maybe Josh Allen makes that throw. Maybe, maybe Josh Allen makes that throw. But nobody else in the league makes that throw. And if the timing isn't exactly right, it's a guaranteed interception if Harris catches that ball, that's what a six yard gain or something like that. Like now you're looking at second and four. He's not even attempting that throw to to John Smith, which was yeah. was a horrendous decision. Just a horrendous decision. And the that's, biggest and that's exactly the kind of decision we've talked about. And that's the thing. Like the biggest yeah. issue that I have, and this is one of the things that um Jesus Christ, who was the freaking terror? Who was the terrible safety that kept getting beat deep? Uh, he got beat deep in the, in the Seahawks game twice in like 2013. Tavon Wilson. Tavon Wilson. Okay. T- error repeaters, right? Belichick talks about this all the time. You cannot be an error repeater. Just mm-hmm. don't make the same mistake over and over again. Like, if you're going to make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to be fine. But when you make that mistake, you need to learn from the mistake you need to move on, and you need to not make that mistake again. And the issue is, right now, Mac Jones is not doing that. Now, it's his first game back. He played three series, so like he's still a little bit rusty coming back. Fine. 
Okay, I'll chalk that one up as a mistake. But if I see another one of those where he just kind of throws it up and it gets picked off, it just gets to a point where you're like, dude, you can't keep making that throw. You can't. And that and that's the that's the play. Like if he loses his job in all of this, right. that right there is the play. I don't care about any of the other dropbacks. I thought he was at worst fine in the right. other stuff. And I think by and large it was there wasn't really an opportunity for him to do anything with those. I think he made the most of what was available and there wasn't much. It's that throw. And yeah, it's just, it's not great. Um, I will say one other thing that I think was a little bit concerning. He looked uncomfortable mentally with the offensive line. And this is something we talked about going back to the preseason, which this seems to be new this year. He had issues at the end of last season, throwing picks and all that. This was not one of them. Yeah, and, and we have seen the issues with this offensive line. Most of the time in the pass protection, the line is good. But when they're bad, it's really they're bad. Real bad. And Brad... my guess is that was probably happening in practice. And he got a little bit skittish. Then it happens in the preseason games. and you, you're It's reinforced. And you go down to yeah. Miami. And however many possessions in, second, third possession is when that strip sack happens. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm right to be scared. And he doesn't get over that until the Baltimore game which was his best game of the year until the wheels fell off. And in some ways, the best game of his career until the wheels fell off there. Right. And then he gets hurt at the end of it. And yeah. he's back to being a little bit skittish in the pocket. Well, and again, the wheels fall off of that game. But if Parker actually runs a route, that pass probably doesn't get picked off in the end zone. And, and if Aguilar Nelson Aguilar doesn't fumble, then like, you know, they maybe still win that game. Right. And, and then you're looking at Mac Jones saying, Hey, he fought through the adversity. They still won, blah, 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 you know, all this other stuff. So that's the thing for me. Brad mentioned uh, Trent Brown, Trent Brown being absolutely atrocious on Monday. He was terrible, right? He was terrible. Have they, um, have they gone a single game this season where one of the tackles was not off? I think, I think the Ravens game is the only game this season where they've gotten serviceable performances yeah. from both tackles. When you had mentioned that you thought David Andrews had a really bad game. And I mm-hmm. think Cole strain like struggles Reece- too. Yeah, Mike Reese picked up on that too. He was yeah. talking about it, especially the first couple of possessions. He just plays where he's just not picking anybody up in the running game too. That was the biggest reason why they weren't able to move the ball in the first couple of possessions. And it's that's where this team has struggled all since the the end of the Brady era. Is that if they can't play with a lead, that's it. Do you know yeah. the last you know the last game where they trailed at any point and ended up winning it? Oh my god! Um, phew, I don't know when. It's the, it's the Panthers game last year. We're coming oh up on a full god, year, dude. I mean, that's just that's unbelievable. That's literally you have to score first or you lose. Like it just exactly, and, and that's you that's know. the tough thing with this team. It's like, all right, the Bears go down and kick that field goal on that first drive, and game's not over, but it kind of feels like it's over, right? And and that comes with the lack of consistency here. Right. So it's like you can't rely on all 11 players to make average or better plays for three plays in a row. Right, which is just which is not good. Yeah. Which is not and, good. And so, you know, yeah. Here here's something for you. Every single drive the Patriots had that lasted more than four plays on Monday night ended in a turnover. Oh, my lord. That's yep. just... and it was and it's three and out, three and out, then the Mac pick, and then touchdown, touchdown, four plays and three plays, then yep. three plays fumble, three and out, three and out, and then two zappy picks on eight and seven play drives. 
Jeez, that's just terrible. And that's, I mean, you know, you, you can't win turning the ball over, of course. But one thing I one thing we have to talk about before we switch over to the defense, because we're going to switch over to the defense. And I think we're going to be a little bit more brief with it because we're 40 minutes in at this point already. But I could go two hours. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> but it's getting late. Uh, it's a school night. So, but I, listen, I, I think the big thing for me is that, you know, the coaching, the coaching, right? Bailey Zappi can say whatever the hell he wants on Gresham Zoe. I'm sorry, but or whatever, whatever show he was on. I, I don't know what show he was on. Doesn't doesn't matter. The the midday show on EI, the other one, Mego and and them. Um, he can say whatever he wants. There is a zero percent chance that the same calls are being made with Mac Jones in a quarterback as they are with Billy Zappi in a quarterback. And oh yeah, why are they making the game easier? I, I, I know why they're making the game easier for Billy Zappi because he's not as good of a quarterback. But why aren't they making the game easier for Mac Jones? I don't understand why they're not running the same plays. If yeah. guys are wide open on the plays you're calling for Billy Zappi, I mean, think about think about what they did in the last few games. How many guys they had wide open? How many good plays? They had? Look at the Hunter Henry touchdown from two weeks ago. Yeah. He was all by himself. It was a great well, I, play call, and they're not doing any of that with Mac Jones. It's driving me insane. Well, I think some of that has to do with the defenses too, because they actually True. these two guys I think have the same number of play action plays drawn up for them somehow i didn't feel like that watching it but that's what the stats are saying and yeah it's just the guys are we're happy i think it's a little bit of chance here that the plays that the bears defense blew happened to be the ones where zappy was in and part of that's probably the emotion in the stadium and the moment being supercharged but they called one of those play action plays where you got the guard pulling and all that for Mac out of the shotgun. And that was the play where he had to dump it off to Damian Harris for two yards because there's nobody open. Why these guys aren't getting open for that? I don't know. Um, And it was a different concept, but the same stuff they usually run. It's just, it's a little, they call concepts that ask Mac to make higher difficulty throws because he can make the throws and it's more complex for the defense to handle where they have more stuff they got to deal with. It's just, it's a small sample size. Matt got 11 dropbacks and two of them didn't even end up counting because they were penalties. And four of them had basically no chance because of the execution of the guys around him. And it's all right. He had five plays where he had an opportunity and three of those he scrambled on. (laughs) So now you're down to two actual passing plays where he had a real chance to make a play. Right. Right. And that's the pick in the Hunter Henry play. Like yeah. that's, which is, it's not enough, not enough, you know, no. and even, and even the pick, you know, he's in, he's in trouble. He's in pr- there's he's, there's yeah, guys in his face, you know? So it's like, it's just, it's going to have to get better. I think the play calling does have to improve. I, I just, I haven't been, I was impressed the last few games. I haven't been super impressed with what they've done with Mac under center. And again, there's a multitude of reasons for that. But to me, especially if he's struggling, make it easier. Don't You don't have to make it harder. Just because he can make those throws doesn't mean you want to ask him to make them all the time. You don't have to. You could just make them easier. You know, and yeah. I, th- that's part of it for me, you know, is that, um, is that I do think, I do think that's the case. Now, there's one question I want to get to before we get to the defense, because we're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the defense, uh, another lost soul here is asking about if the Pats are going to make any trades at the NFL trade deadline, of course, that happens after next week's game, but that will have already happened by the time we get to uh, next week's show. 
obviously not the instant reaction, but next week's show. Um, I think they're going to trade Nelson Aguilar, and I think they're going to trade Isaiah Wynn. I think they're going to trade both those guys. If yep. someone will take them, I think they're going to move both of those guys because Isaiah Wynn got benched. He's hurt, but he also got benched with Marcus Cannon. And, you know, although the offensive line didn't play great, I didn't hear one thing about Marcus Cannon. And usually when you don't hear a guy's name, it's pretty good. So he played yeah. okay. He wasn't amazing, but he played okay. Right? And so, like, yeah. if you can survive with Cannon at right tackle for the season, you're trading Isaiah Wynn because you can get something back for him. Someone thinks, hey, if I give up a fifth-round pick, I can get something back for this guy. Yeah. Um, you just know? is back now, too, which helps out your depth. You probably don't want to start him, no. but it's he, he might be better than Cannon. That I'm not sure about. Uh, Cannon is only fine, but yeah, I could I could see Wynn going. There's rumors about people being interested in Aguilar. I know he has an injury, but he only played three snaps. Thornton starting over him. Yeah, um, which let me just, tell you, with with slightly better quarterback and offensive line play, Tyquan Thornton might already have five touchdowns this year with yeah. what we're seeing because he's burning guys. Oh, he smoked that guy, smoked him, and that was a yeah. touchdown. If Mac had if Mac had a half a second more, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and again, if Matt gets a half a second more on that play, how how different does this game look with, you know, an 80 yard touchdown bomb of Taekwon Thornton? Right. So, like, yeah, yeah. that's the type uh, of stuff that, you know, that you can't that, you know, you don't see coming. I don't think they're going to make anything outside of that. I don't think they're going to add anyone unless they can. I would say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say we have a couple injury situations to monitor. David Andrews, Christian Barmore um, and. Now Kyle Duggar. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they were doing a player swap or a pick swap or something to get depth at some of these positions. If they not, yeah. defensive tackles like we haven't gotten to the defense yet. Defensive tackles not played well. Linebackers have not played well. And I think most importantly, when Kyle Duggar isn't out there as a safety, they don't have a heavy hitter from the second level. Correct. Phillips and Peppers are good, but they don't bring that same force. I don't know if you can get a guy like that in the trade market at this point if you're just looking for depth. No. But they might explore adding another run defender or two on the back end. I will say, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I love the thought of them bringing in Bradley Chubb as a guy who oh my God. could be on the market. And yeah. Bill Belichick loves. If you guys haven't seen it, um, Bill got to work him out at the draft. And he was clearly just for fun. Bill just wanted yeah. to work with him and get his hands on him because he liked him. But you don't see that much. Um, if they like him and they like what they've seen, they have the his one year left on his deal. The Patriots have the money to extend him if they'd like to. Edge defender is not always a priority for them, but they like it. If you can get, if you can get a guy, they've been willing to pay the talent there. If you get a guy who they think that good, he's been a good defender. Um, and if you're looking for cost, a second in Josh Uche maybe. Right, which. And then you get the extension, do. which is going to be $18, 20000000 million a year, something like that for the next four or five years. But then you have Judon and him. Whew, and guess. Judon's older. Like right. he'll, Judon only has a couple years left on his deal, so that means you got a guy in place. And yep. you're asking a little bit less of Dietrich Wise, who I'll, the, the Bears definitely targeted him in some of these running situations when the Patriots went to their pass-down personnel. They're running the, the QB power, the option, right at him. Yeah. And when, uh, uh, Wise is a good player, but he can't do everything well. And Chubb is yeah. a guy who does more things well. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. 
So, anyways, that's the trade market. We'll see what happens next week. It's next Tuesday, I think, right? Next Tuesday is the trade Tuesday deadline. So. Wednesday. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next week. Um, for that, uh, if they make any trades, I'm sure we'll have an instant reaction on that. But, um, mm-hmm. anyways, all right, let's get uh, let's get over to the uh, to the defense. Okay, we'll get over to the defense, and um, it was it was really bad. I mean, just aggressively bad. That's that might be the worst offense in the league. That might be the through six games. That might have been the worst offense in the league. And they didn't just they didn't just score thirty three. They absolutely pounded the Patriots defense. I mean, they just made the made the Patriots defense look terrible. And yeah, they had five consecutive scoring drives, all of them thirty yards or more, including a seventy five yard touchdown drive. Yeah, just I mean, it's just brutal, you know. And there were a few good plays in there. The the touchdown pass to Herbert was a great call. It was you know Peyton Manning, the clip of Peyton Manning flipping out because he's like, that's the perfect play. They have that. They have that's like the exact play you're looking for. And Fields made a really nice play to you know to get why I think it was wise to get his hands up, or maybe it might have been Jennings. Either way, it doesn't matter. Whoever was coming in off the edge got his hand up to get in that passing lane, and Fields just made a nice play to pump fake it and then change the arm slot to get it over to him, right? And and it ends up being a touchdown because it's against cover zero. There's nothing you can do, right? So um, you just it's a perfect storm type of play. But yeah, they got, that, yeah, you know, 250 yards rushing. Just, I mean, just unacceptable. Yeah. When this... It did feel like a perfect storm kind of game for the Bears offense. I don't want to like you allowed 35 points at home to the Bears and got run out of your own building. So I'm not going to hand wave that. But also the Bears came in with a game plan that is very different from anything they had done this season. Fields made a handful of plays that I don't think he's made in his career. Right. Like if this if you come into the game and you said that in the first half, you're going to force that many fumbles and. Fields is going to miss on some. I mean, he he dirted some throws for no reason in the first half and just yeah. totally missed on guys and open in the flat. If you're like, all right, if he he's going to come in and do all of that, if you said that, you're thinking we're winning this game pretty easily. Problem is, they they watched the film and they knew what the Patriots defense could not do when and they pulled out a whole bunch of that stuff. Patriots still could not defend it and clearly had, weren't prepared for Fields to do that because he's never done that. In the NFL, this is the first time they've asked him to run the ball that much in one game. And every single 50-50 play, is, is except for that one pick, right? Bears made a play. I, I, I think mean, back to that that long third down conversion where Mac Wilson is a free rusher. And we can talk about him missing the sack on that. But I didn't mind it as much because Adrian Phillips is coming around as a spy. And it was, okay, I think, we, I think it was less about let's like we obviously want the sack but let's pressure him force him off the spot and we're going to have somebody coming from the other angle to spy and he's going to have to make a throw and that's right. that's the play last week where kyle duggar picks off jacoby Brissett on the first drive going for the tight end down and he gets his head around well mccord doesn't get the head around the ball fits in a tight window and the tight end makes a catch that he didn't even think he was in bounds for right mccordy by the way also dropped an interception two plays before that so and I, th- I think McCord, I think McCordy had a rough game. Yeah, I think Jawan Bentley had a rough game. That that Harry catch, it was Bentley's zone, and he left it like right. that. That's all that is. Right. Yeah. It's just it, it's inexcusable stuff. And you know, I I wonder, you know, Barmore was out, and and Brad mentioned that Barmore was out, and that's bad. But like, I, don't I know. came back. Yeah, but like, 
I, 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 is Lawrence guy the problem? I don't know. Like they suck against the run with Lawrence guy in the game. That's not, that's a fact. Or, they were running the other way on a lot of these. I'll tell you that much. And they were holding Lawrence guy. So I don't know if it's a guy. I think, I think the real issue here is, I mean, like Carl Davis and Devon Godshaw did not have good games, but they played about as well as they have. It's the second level guys. The linebackers did not fill as well as they should have. Um, I thought Bentley and Tavai had probably their worst games of the season. Tavai was not yeah. hitting hard at all. Like the Bears tight ends were beating up the linebackers yeah. blocking. And the Bears wide receivers were beating up the Pats defensive backs blocking. And they're also, I mean, it was the Patriots were basically having a whole bunch of light boxes too because the Bears had all the horizontal movement. It was kind of like that 49ers game a couple of years ago where you're just stretching a defense out horizontally. So you don't need the, the deep threat to get guys all across the field and spread out. And then you're, you got numbers advantages for running and it doesn't really, like, it doesn't really matter if guys are making plays or not because they're so right. outnumbered. There's nothing you can really do. And that's, it's why they say any given Sunday in the NFL, because if you come out and you do something that the other team isn't ready for, and I, I don't, I don't mind that they weren't ready for it in the first half. I mind that they had nothing to adjust to in the second half. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like spy Justin Fields, like on every play. Yeah. I mean, like how hard is that to do? Just spy him on every play and, and play cover one. Like that, that's not that difficult. And you then can and ask the big, the big play where they did coverage. You know? Well, the big play where they did that is that play down the sideline to commit where they made a play. And right. there was, I know there was another one where Fields took off where they had a, a cover one and a spy, but just because of the way the pressure came in, the spy can't get there. And it's right. just, it's the way football goes sometimes where it was, it was not their night. Yeah, I will say, was, I think, yeah, yeah, which is where it's like this game isn't that far off from what happened against the Lions. It's just one gets away from you and one doesn't. And one, you get fourth down stops. The other one, you can't get third down stops. And one of them, you get picks. The other one, you, the ball doesn't bounce into your arms. Like that's, that's the difference. And this defense, you're missing Barmore and Duggar, who are your two big yeah. playmakers on defense, which I think showed. The Bears Jack and I Jones can't... made it. Jack Jones made a nice play in the running game early on, though. I will go yes, and give him he credit did. for that. Well, and they didn't throw towards him because they're not stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I do – what's funny, I, I don't remember if it was you that said it. It might have been you guys, and I'm not sure where I heard it from, but uh, the Chicago Bears tied their season high in third down conversions in the first half. Yeah, that was – In that the first big. half. I mean, like, that's embarrassing. That's just like – and so many of them were third and longs too. Yeah. Which also, it's like I watched you watch them back, and it was just it was a whole lot of it wasn't really guys making mistakes. It was just you're you can't really play a perfect defense. Like every defensive call has a weakness somewhere in it, and the Bears had something for it, and Fields made a play. And it's if if you came into the game and said the Bears will only beat you if Justin Fields makes plays, you're gonna think to yourself, all right, Pat's probably winning this game. Well, right. Fields made plays. Best One, team he's had in the pros yet. Right. And now, you know, you're going against the Jets this weekend. And I guess we have to talk about the game, even if it's only for yeah. 10 minutes, because. I, yeah. Yes, go can ahead. I, before we get to it, can I just do one minute on special teams here? Oh, my Lord. Jake yes. Bailey. What happened, man? What did you do this off? Like. Are you clearly, uh, did you enjoy your offseason a little bit too much? Because you went from one of the best punters in the league, maybe the best punter in the league, to one of the worst overnight. 
and that's a contract they can't even dump next year. He's like, right. like $4 million on the books next year. You're, he's playing. He's on this team next year, so he's got to figure it out. Uh, also, Jonu Smith, learn how to block on a kickoff return. Mike Reese mentioned this, and I was noticing it too. That second Marcus Jones return, he's just standing there not blocking anybody. Two guys go past him and talk and tackle Marcus Jones. Right. Which that was on Raekwon McMillan too. He just watched his guy go by him and ran ran with him down the field. And it's just I you Marcus Jones was taking kicks out because clearly they thought they had something and guys were not executing blocks. You can right. talk coaching all you want, but at a certain point the players have to actually make the plays. I don't know why they weren't, but they just seemed not emotionally ready to play. No, and ultimately it comes down to, and you, you, I mean, everyone knows how I feel about Marcus Jones. It ultimately comes down to the return man is responsible for one guy. The return man has to make one guy miss, and everybody else should be picked up. Like, he should have, he should be able to get to one guy, and if he makes that one guy miss, he's able to get a good return. Now he's not gonna take it to the house, but he's you know if he makes three guys miss, then maybe he scores. Mm-hmm. But if you make one guy miss, it's gonna be a good return. He was making a guy miss, and he'd still get tackled by three guys, and it's just like, what are we doing? Like you yeah. can't, and, you and know, fact, like it's crazy. And the fact that he was routinely taking kicks out of the end zone tells me that the coaches identified something with the Bears that was like, we got to return kicks against them because we're gonna get good plays here. Right. Either that, or they felt really confident in their own kickoff return unit, and it just was not that I, I don't I don't know no. what it is, but in all three phases the team was just making really dumb plays. Really yeah, bad mental go. mistakes, not yeah, not physical, not energized. And I don't I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's player evaluation. I don't know if somebody set off the fire alarm in the team hotel the night before. I got I don't know what it is. But yeah. It's the same way they looked week one. Right. They've right. had two games like that this year. That's it. Yeah. And, so and now we'll see. Yeah. And you're up to four losses. And one of them you're losing a quarterback in the middle of the game. And another one is on Mac. And the other two were the team did not show up. Yeah. You can't yeah. have that many losses that way. Right. Well, and now okay. Now you get now you get to this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. You're in New Jersey against the Jets. And this is the season. It's the season on Sunday. If you lose this game, your season's over, right? And uh, they got nine games left. There'll be three games back of the Jets with the Jets having beat them. I, the The probability, the likelihood of them coming back after that is is slim to none. And and you know, slim left town. It just it's not it's not happening. So you have to win on Sunday if you have any, you know aspirations of making a run later on in the season. You have to win on Sunday. And realistically, you have to win the next three games, right? You have to win the next three. Um, you Probably know, is... more than that. I mean, the, oh, the, for sure. insur- the insurance for this team is out the window. You're That's correct. Basically, their margin of error at this point is the two Bills games. You can lose the two Bills games and you got to do everything else right. 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 And that's, you know, it's one because you, right, you're at four losses right now. Right. And so you can finish 10 and seven. Maybe there's another loss in there somewhere. Right. Maybe it's Cincinnati or on, on Christmas Eve or something like that. But Arizona, NFC loss, that won't hurt as much. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So those are the things you just, you have to go out and win 
these games and it starts against the Jets and the Jets are flying high at five and two. They look like they're a legitimate good football team. They look mm-hmm. like they're a good football team. Now we can talk about how Green Bay stinks and we can talk about how, you know, Denver's uh, awful. Right. We can talk about all that stuff. That's fine. We can talk about that stuff. That's fine. We keep getting spam messages. It's really pissing me off. <laughs> um, but we can talk about that stuff. But ultimately, it doesn't like, yeah, fine. That's fine. You played Green Bay and lost. So, like, you can talk about how those teams suck, but they beat the doors off of Green Bay and you lost to Green Bay, right? So, like, they didn't beat the doors off, but they beat them, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about whatever you want, but the fact is they're five and two and you're three and four, right? And so, and you're going on the road to try to beat the Jets. Who are flying high now? They're without the number one running back, which hurts, of course. They're without their one of their starting offensive linemen, and Elijah Vera Tucker, who was a first round pick last year. That also hurts. But like, still, Zach Wilson's coming back. Like, you know, he's he's finally kind of rounding into form, and then his what this is third game back. So like, he's going to be healthier now. I just. It's a tough it, game, man. And they're playing I think this is the best defense they've seen so far this year. Yeah, and that's that's what scares me. This Jets offense doesn't bother me. Zach Wilson has been horrendous under pressure this yeah. year. Uh, one of the truly abysmal. And if you're able to if if they can stop the run on early downs, and it's the same same recipe we've been talking right. about. Stop the run on early downs and force Zach Wilson to have to beat you through the air, you're probably getting two picks off of him the way things have gone this year, and you're probably getting a lot of three outs or a lot of two first down drives. And that's going to be, or the defense can do it. What my concern is, is that the Jets have Quinn and Williams, who's a very good defensive tackle in the middle, who's going to go up against a rookie in Cole Strange and probably James Ferentz at center, which uh, that scares me. Yeah. And on the outside, the Jets have Sauce Gardner, who might be the only corner as good or better than Jack Jones as a rookie this year. I mean, he has been shut down. So it's one of those positions, like, this offense, ha- it's going to be a team effort on offense this week. And you might only need to get 10 points to win this one, depending on how things go on the other side of the ball. But you need to make it happen. You can't have you can't have the self-inflicted wounds this week. You just can't do it. If you have... If you have plays and drives where you're having a tough time moving the ball you can live with it if it's Quinn and Williams and you're going to have backups you got to fight through it you got to stay tough mentally you got to know that this is going to be a brutal drag them out type of game with probably very low scoring and that means you have to avoid making the costly error you can't you just you can't make a play that loses this game right the Jets the Jets will do it to themselves if you give Zach Wilson enough opportunities right well, really, really, right? What it comes down to is turnovers. Got to win the turnover battle and and the mental errors, like you said, you can't have them. They can't happen. You have to, you can't be holding. You can't be tripping. You can't be false starts. You can't have that crap. It just, it can't happen. No, and it sounds have, stupid. drops. Right, right. And guys it, running the wrong route. Like. Correct. And it sounds dumb, but like it's fundamental football. And, like, this is something that the Patriots have always been better than other teams at. That's why when they play teams like the Jets, you know they're going to win because the Jets are going to make stupid mistakes and the Patriots aren't. You're playing with a weighted coin when you do all the the little things right. Correct. Right? And now that's not the case. 
That's not the case anymore. They don't take care of the football as well as they used to. They have stupid penalties all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you don't have those smart plays that you make anymore. And that is, that's tough. It's, you know, now it narrows the field already. And then you don't have the talent you used to have either. So now it's like, okay, the field is even more narrow than it used to be. So it's going to be really tough. I think it's, you know, it's a tough game, but like ultimately you got to hope that they, that they win this game. And again, the games, this is it. This is the only one, right? Yeah. Um, I will say, and Brad's talking about, I think it's interesting. He, he lives in the WFAN market and they're not afraid of the Pats, which I think is funny that, that they're not. And they shouldn't be. They should be pretty confident right now. Yeah. And they are, which is good. That pre-sale injury is tough for them because yeah, I, I like, know Michael I like Carter's a good player. Out. Yeah. I know Michael Carter's a good player, but like he's not Brees Hall. And so, you know, he's been playing his ball. Got, he's, they you got know. James Robinson now. They made that move to go get him, which he's fine. Like he's yeah. he he's an NFL running back. They're not going out there with somebody that's right. brought up from the practice squad. Correct. Yes. Um, it's not it's not DeAndre Swift or Nick Chubb on the other side, but it is a real football player. Um, one one thing I thought was interesting, I was playing around with some of the, the advanced stats today. And I noticed this Jets defense gets really, it gets a lot worse throughout the downs. But the Jets defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL on first down. And then they are mediocre on second down. And then they are awful on third down. And then the Patriots offense is on first and second downs. And this is, this is all like early in the game stuff, trying to filter out weird stuff at the end of games. Yeah. First two downs, they're the second worst offense in football. But then on third down, they are the second best offense in yeah, of football. Course it makes no so sense. So I have a feeling on offense, what this is going to come down to is a whole lot of, all right, it's going to be first and 10 and second and 10 and then third and eight. And can the Patriots actually still make a play there and take advantage of a Jets defense that hasn't played well, which if you can have some of those slow co- clock killing drives too, that probably works in your favor here. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think Damian Harris is going to be uh, – you'll use him more on Sunday. I think, you know, mm-hmm. his guy, they said he was going to miss like four or five weeks, and he missed one. So um, yeah. with a hamstring too, yeah, and with a hamstring injury, you're kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous that he's going to be mm-hmm. – but it seems like he'll be the guy uh, – he'll be more involved. You would think he'll be more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see. But, you know, you would think that he'll be more involved than he was on, on Monday night. So, And then I didn't think he looked that good on Monday night either. No. So it's one of those where you want him to play and play a little bit better, play with confidence. Which One one thing I will give this team credit for is the, the double-edged sword of the inconsistency, too. They bounce back well from losses. They usually don't get too down on themselves, and they yeah. usually come out kind of fired up. So... It, it would not shock me to see the Patriots go into the Jets and to MetLife and end up killing them. Wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if they go down there, Mac throws three picks, and you get killed. Like, there's there's nothing that would surprise me with this team. Man, if that happens. It's, I, don't, it's might not, I might not come back on the podcast. It's going to be bad if that happens. So, yeah. but, I, you am, know. I am going to be at this game, so. Oh, really? Hopefully I, hopefully I make it back in one piece. From That's there. exciting. I'll That's exciting. You're rocking my Judon jersey with the red sleeves. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So it sounds like then me and Barrett will be doing the uh, – Barrett will be back for the Completely for the post-game show, but uh, but you'll be off and I'll be in. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be doing a little rotation here. 
Keep it oh, interesting look, for the look okay. who it is. Look who stopped by. Oh, Keegan. What's up, Keegan? <laughs> Hi, Mr. Lane, he says. Uh, but uh listen, man, you know, this is it's a it's a massive game. It's the game of the yeah. season. This is it. This determines whether you win, whether you whether you are able to make a run later in the season. And of course, like you said, I mean, they don't have a margin forever. Mm-hmm. But it starts today. If they lose today, that's it. That's it. You know what I mean? You're three and five, three games back, three games back from the New York Jets. Three games back from the New York Jets. Think about that for a second. Basically Uh, guaranteed to finish in last place in the AFC East, which is just not a place you want to be. Can I can I give an uplifting stat here? Yes, you can. Let's hear it. That I hope. I I hope to God that this is not a jinx. I'm gonna knock on wood before I even say it. the Patriots have won. If I'm doing, the, if I can count correctly, twelve straight against the Jets. Yeah. The, the last time that they lost to the Jets was that overtime game in 2015, where the Patriots played the wind mm-hmm. in overtime. Yes, that's right. Right yeah, around, right around the Christmas time. Yep. Two days later, that was the that was the year where they lost four of the last six games when the team got injured and really fell apart. And, and they then, went down to Miami with uh, Steven Jackson and ran 87 times for zero yards. Run, 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 punt. Oh, man. Yeah. And then their last loss to the Jets before that was the game with the pushing penalty yeah. over time with the kick. Yep. We so talked about that on the show. Time, was that last week we talked about that on the show? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So the last time the Patriots lost a game in regulation – to the New York Jets was the playoff game in the divisional round in 2010. Jesus. And the last time they lost the game in regulation at MetLife was the game earlier that year. They lost to 28-14. I believe that's the game with a picture of Moss over Revis going like that. I think that's where that picture comes from. Really? In a loss? I believe, huh? so. I believe yeah. so, yeah. I think that was that was early on in that one. I could yeah. I could be wrong on that. You might one. be right, though. Certainly might be right. Week, I think that was week two of the season. Yeah. It's uh man, you know it's been a long time now. Of course, the Patriots hadn't lost to the Bears in like twenty years, so like you know it was a little same type. None of, of thing. this, none yeah. of this means anything. Like, of course, the play, right. but no, nobody from that. Uh, well, I I would say nobody from the last time that they lost to the Jets at MetLife and regulation is still around. But Nick Folk was on that Jets team. <laughs> So, well, you know, <laughs> one player is still around. There you go. He's on the wrong team oh, and, or the right and team. That's, and that's 2010. So McCordy would have been there then. Good and point. Slater. So yep. that's that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, I don't you know, know. I don't know what Brandon Tate is doing these days. Well, yeah, not much, probably. Um, <laughs> you know, but I just I mean, look, ultimately, like I say, it comes down to that. And, and it's it sounds so dumb. It's fundamental football. It's not anything special. It's not anything sexy. It's just don't mm-hmm. be stupid. Don't yeah. don't be stupid. If you're not stupid, you win the game. If you play stupid, you lose the game, right? And it's yep. it's nothing more than that. It's nothing. Oh, you know, Max got to come out. Of me. No, no, it's nothing more than that. It's just don't make dumb mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. And if you do that, you'll win. Because if you don't allow, if you don't make those dumb mistakes, and you don't have the bad penalties. The Jets will in turn make those dumb mistakes for you, and you will beat the Jets because the beach, the Jets will beat themselves, right? And it will happen if you allow it to happen. 
you know, you got yeah. obviously you got to play good defense. I mean, you got you know, you have to play well, but you can't play stupid, right? And if yeah. you do that, you're gonna win. And this kind of goes back to what we've been talking about in general too, about like stacking the good performances. Mm-hmm. You had a really bad run days against the Ravens and the Packers. And then you had really good run days against the Browns and the Lions. You put it all together. And the question yeah. is, did they turn a corner then and figure something out? Or did they just play different teams and learn how to play against them? And right now it looks like the latter. Yeah. Can you learn? And I don't think they're running QB counter or QB power with Zach Wilson back there. I don't think they're doing it with Sam Ellinger the next week. Oh my so God. the Patriots probably won't have to deal with an offense like that until they play the Bills, which I don't want to think about right now. Nope. But this this should give you a couple of weeks now where the defense can play an offense that fits their style a little bit better. Right. I agree. And Zach Wilson can run, but he's not. He they're can. not going to call runs for him necessarily. Yeah, it's a different right? style. So yeah. it's a very different style. So, so we'll see. We shall yeah. see. Uh, I have to say, man, I met Jelani Devai, and can, uh, I told him he played well, and then he played like crap on Monday night. Like, come on, dude. like I, you know, I finally can meet him and congratulate him, and then he plays like crap. Like he's just like, yeah, it's like that's like a personal attack on me. He said, you know what, Pat Lane, I know I met you. You said some nice things. I'm gonna make you look stupid for saying some nice things. To like, but he, and he man. also, I've been out here trying to trying to go to bat for him, telling everybody, "Hey, you're saying his name wrong." And you meet him in person, you find out the pronunciation on the Patriot site that he is saying isn't it's it's just Tavai is his last name. Yeah, yeah, strange. So, nevertheless, uh, you know, it is what it is. So we'll see what happens. Huge game, massive game, game of the season, do or die. It you know, win or go doing- home. Are we doing your little your little? Oh, we are. Here? Oh, don't worry. Oh, we are. Okay. I'm so, frantic. I, I I just found one. I was good. frantically going through Pro Football Reference looking for something. <laughs> I have two, so so don't worry. Do you want to go one and then I'll go one and then you go? Yeah, let's do it. I like that. Right. So uh, so here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right. So in this week in sports history, uh, as I said, I have two of them. I'll start with the one from long ago. Uh, and it is Rocky Marciano. 19. Uh, no, I'm sorry. What's today? October 26th. October 26th, 1951. Rocky Marciano beating former champion Joe Lewis by TKO in the eighth round at Madison Square Garden. October 26, wow. 1951, a big dub right down the road from me here. Mm-hmm. A big dub for the state of uh, for the state of Massachusetts. One that we need right now, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, mine, got? We're going. It's going kind of week of here today. When is today? The 26. Oh, it is. the It is the 26th. All right. I actually did get this right on the day that we are recording this. October 26th, 2014, the Patriots absolutely obliterated the Chicago Bears 51 to 23 at Gillette Stadium. It's the last time they beat him at Gillette. Um, That one was really just a good day for the tight ends. Gronk touchdown, Tim Wright touchdown, Gronk touchdown, and then that Gronk touchdown. Mm -hmm. That one. I don't know which one. That was one hell of a game. Yeah, that's the one that where was, he came off and he's like on the sprawled out on the bench, like just chilling. Like, oh my god, dude! Patriots Smoke. scored thirty-one points in the second quarter. Yeah, 
smoking Joe Cutler's on the sideline. Like, ah, whatever. No big deal. Don't worry yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, that was a beat. Sure. What's your last one? So my last one comes from October 26th slash October 27th All of right. 2018. All right. The Boston Red Sox lost game three at Dodger Stadium in 18 innings. The game went seven hours and 20 minutes, and they lost on a walk-off home run. It was the only game of the series that they would lose. They would go on to win four games to one. Um, that game is the epitome of losing the battle to win the war. Yes, 100%. And my buddy, so my buddy was out, my buddy uh, was out in L.A. for something, and I'm not sure what he was out there for, but it doesn't matter. He was out there in L.A. with with some of his buddies, and he's like, the Sox are playing. Let's get some tickets. So they got like, they got like decent seats. They paid probably they paid more than they more than they should have. But like it's a World Series game. When you get there, they stayed the whole game. They stuck it should. out. They lasted the whole seven hours. Which like, yeah. I mean, I realized it went to like three o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. You have to. Stay. It's a World Series game. You can't leave a World Series game. Exactly. And he stayed the whole time. And he said it was an absolute blast. He had so much fun, like in the stands, just like talking and and hanging and watching the game. And he's like, it was great. And he's like, obviously they lost, which stinks, but like, it didn't matter. Like we had a great time. Um, and I'm like, being at that game is so cool. And of course you don't get to see them win a world series game, but still to be at that world series game is pretty cool. Um, yeah. and so, um, uh, so I, anyways. I, re- I remember that was like a Friday night or Saturday night or something. And I was in college and we, we watched the game and then it gets late and it's all right, we're going to, we'll go out, we'll go hang out with friends. I remember one of my buddies and I have to send this to him because I'll remember this. He, uh-huh. We were in somebody's room and it like, it's a college party. Like, you know, what's going on, but yep. the TV is on and the Red Sox game is on and we're right. all huddled around it watching it, even though we're yeah. there. I love it. And then like, we're out until two in the morning. The game's just still going. We go back to the room. It's all right. We're staying <laughs> up. We're finishing this. Like we're, <laughs> we're in this. We're, we're going yeah. out. We're going for the whole thing. It so, was a yeah. it was a Friday night. I just look back. It was a Friday night. Um, yeah. Nate Avaldi, oh man, just an absolute warrior, just a warrior in that game. And yeah. yeah, it's funny because it's almost like you would think that that game turns the tide of the series, and it did. But for the Red Sox, you know what I mean? It's just exactly. it's kind of funny. So they were um, able to. What was it, after that? They actually had rested pitchers, and the Dodgers didn't have anybody. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, but yeah, it's one of those, one of those games that's like, oh my God, what a, what a memorable game that one was. So, so anyway, so that's what we got for, uh, for this week in sports history. So, uh, people enjoy the game on Sunday. I swear to God, I don't care how Mac Jones plays. I don't care how Mac Jones plays on Sunday. If you bring that weak ass shit to Gillette stadium and you're booing Mac Jones and you're chanting Billy Zappi's name, I will end you. I will end you. Do not. Do yes. not do that. Yeah. By and large, you don't get to pick which players you're. That's you're correct. Or you're rooting for the laundry here. That is correct. Do I, not I, do not do that to your starting quarterback. Do yeah. not do that to your starting quarterback. It wouldn't. I would not be a one of these podcasts if I didn't get one uniform note in. It's yes. Halloween weekend, and the Jets are breaking out their new black helmets. They're going to be in head to toe black, which. Annoyed. They've worn more black than green this season. I don't know if they have figured out what their own colors are. 
Um, well, so you know what's funny about that is that um, I played Madden 21, I guess, last year's Madden. And I was in like an online league and stuff, which I don't have time for anymore. But I, I was in an online league and I was the Seahawks and I ended up getting bumped from the league mistakenly. So then I had to take over the Jets. So I took over the Jets. And every time I played a Jets game, I wore the all black, the black uniforms, black pants, black helmet. And everyone was like, those are the ugliest uniforms ever. And I'm like, I don't care. This is what I'm wearing. And I would wear it. And they're like, <laughs> it's not even a real thing. And I'm like, I don't care. This is the uniform. And they're wearing those uniforms on Sunday. Which and I'm like, see, I told new, you it was yeah. a uniform. And it's the new uh, the new black helmet. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, yeah. Like, we another note on this. The Patriot, since the Jets unveiled this new uniform set in 2019, um, they have not played a game against New England wearing like the green jerseys over the white pants. That's that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. They've, they've played them in the black jerseys now twice. The green jerseys once when they went all green, and it's basically been all white. So I don't, I don't. I, the Jets are a mess usually, and they don't know what their own colors are. Patriots got the silver pants back this week uh, too. By I don't, the way, I don't know. We might never see those again. Well, that's this. that. That was going to be my note. If they, if we never see the silver pants because of Monday night, I'm going to be very upset because that looked so a good, billion times better than their normal. You know, I will go all on, blue. I will go on the record and say that, that might be the best that the franchise has ever looked, in my opinion. I like I the red uniforms. I like the navy better. Yeah, I, I, I like the red. I know, you know, the whole red coach thing and everything like that. I get it. <laughs> but like, but you know, I think that's the classic Brady look. I do think that it, like, it just makes sense. Like, why are you wearing all blue? What are you doing? Like wear the silver I, pants. They I look a million times. I don't mind the all blue every once in a while, but it doesn't right. feel like if you want to do it for a big game or something, or like a nighttime game, and you want to do something special. But it does. Right. It doesn't feel special when you do it every week. Yeah, the silver pants should be, should be the home normal. Yeah. That should be yeah. the home normal, and the and the blue pants should be the away normal. Like I don't, I don't see what I, the problem. I'd, I'd like to see what the silver pants look like on the road. I'd be intrigued by that because I think yeah. that could also look pretty good. Uh, well, they wore. Did they wear silver during the Brady era? They wore silver pants. Did they not on the road? Uh, nope. No, they wore blue they on have, the road. Okay. They have yeah in the Brady era that era of uniforms. They wore blue pants basically every single game on the road if they're wearing those jerseys, except for the color rush game at Tampa in twenty eight twenty seventeen when they wore the white pants. Yeah, yeah. But they've never gone white over silver in this era. They did. They did the silver white silver. With the royal blues back in yes. the uh, back early nineties, yeah. yeah, which I think it looks good. So yeah, I would, so we'll I see. wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. It does say on the style guide, pants are interchangeable with the jerseys. It makes well, there that you go. so. Well, there you go. You never know. So, yeah. but I hope we see the silver pants more because I hate the blue on blue. So and good. again, like you say, you know, once in a while, fine. But like as your every day, come on, like just get out of here with that. So yeah. Anyways, all right, got to get some uniform talk in there. That's the way it goes. So we fit everything yeah, in. We yeah. fit everything in. What happens in. when you add me to the show? You didn't that's know right. you were signing that's up right. for it. I get, Hey, man, that's okay. We got a little fashion style in here. We hit everything. Wait, I got the Every bitch note. about the fans. We got to talk about the terrible game on Monday. We preview our the weird Jets. Facts. We got weird facts going on. We got, mm-hmm. you know, st- uh, uh, uniform stuff. We fit it all in in an hour and a half. It's a long one, but it's a good one. It's a good one. And hopefully yeah. the Patriots will play a good one on Sunday and we'll be talking about them, you know, trying to make a run uh next week at this time. But yeah, enjoy the game, Matt. Enjoy the game. Make it out alive. 
I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you know, the fans over there are fine. Like, they're not, you know, I mean, I, I, who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how they are this season. The team yeah. actually has a winning record at this point, so it might be right. a different energy in that building. You would think. You would think. But also, if the Patriots lose, you would think you're more likely to get in a fight if the Patriots win and kill them than you would if the if the, if the the Jets kill them. You'd be surprised what alcohol can do to people. That's very true. That is very true. <laughs> but, you know, so... But uh, anyways, so hopefully they're you know hopefully they're happy drunks, not not too happy, but uh, but hopefully you know happy ish exactly. So, yeah. anyways, thank you for people in the comments, Brad and and Keegan and uh, you know whoever another lost soul is as well. So yeah, and one of my students as well said hello right at the beginning. So appreciate that. Uh, uh, one of my former students actually. So, anyways, that's it. Uh, that's our. Um, our episode for tonight. We appreciate that. And we'll be back with you. Uh, well, I will at least be back with you uh, for our instant reaction podcast after the game on Sunday. Have a great week, guys.